Right, we go again. Episode two, series two of Free the Geezer. I told you we'd be consistent and I'm a man of my word, so we're back. Um, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit more positive this week uh, as opposed to last week. This helps. Having a red wine does help. But um, in light of some of the news I've seen today, I'm starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully we'll be out of lockdown very soon. So do you know what? Just to the possibility that everyone... Bit of, Bit of a round of applause, please, for getting out of lockdown soon. Jesus Christ, it's been a long time. Quickly, bit of admin. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you look what notifications for when this episode is going to drop, please subscribe. I don't ask much of you. Please do that. Okay, on to the guest. Um, we've benched G-Man after last week. He put in a good performance, put in a good shift, to be fair. No. Temporarily. But this week, we've got a new, a new one of our pals. Um... What's the best way of putting it? He's the only person I know who throws as good events as we do. Um Jeez. North London's finest, Chelsea supporter, so you know where the conflict's going to be. But somewhat mm -hmm. of our, our Northern correspondent, Mr. TJ himself, make some noise for TJ on the show. Hey, hey, our hey, pal. Hey. I say pal. I say pal fucking loosely, but he's our pal anyway. <laughs> All right, T. Let him yes. know what you do. Let him know what you do uh, and give yourself a better introduction than that, please. Yeah, my name's TJ. Um, I do events for a living. I've been doing events since I finished university. Um, I started off doing some events in London, and now I've moved up to Leeds. I do mm -hmm. events there. But the most of my career I've done events in this was in Loughborough University, which is where I went to uni. And yeah, just do that for a living. I've been doing it ever since I was an adult. And you know what he is? That's been going in. Gone. He's a he's a black Van Wilder. Anyone seen the film Black Van Wilder? Oh my god! He's, like, he's, 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 well, he's a Robin Hood, but he knows, no, no, no. he knows how to have a good time, and he makes sure everyone else does. So that's it. That's the main that. thing. T, you listen to the dream. show. He's living a dream, yeah. T, you listen to the show last week. So you know what this is about. For anyone who mm -hmm. don't, this pod is for every type of geezer. We do not discriminate. Mm -hmm. Every issue that we discussed on WhatsApp or messages we've been sent in by fans, tweets, headlines will be discussed and it will be explosive. That's a guarantee. That's a Dutch promise. Um, everyone all right? Scotty, how are you doing? Sweet, mate. All good. All good. Look at that background he's got. Everyone's good. Everyone's set. Let's get into it. Jim, what's the first, uh, the first topic, mate? Right. So this week, we're starting with a tweet and I believe this tweet caught your eye, John, uh, in the yeah. aftermath following the shoving of someone considered to be a West London hero. So the tweet comes from Frank Khalid uh, at Frank Khalid UK, and it reads, Joe Cole claims Frank Lampard's Chelsea sacking was the harshest in the Roman Abramovich era and insists his old club have made a mistake by getting rid of his former teammate. End of tweet. Thanks, Jim. Um, TJ, you are a Chelsea fan. Mm -hmm. We have discussed this in our personal lives. Yeah. Justify why on earth you got rid of the best player to ever play for your club when he got you to a top four last season without any transfer spend and he's having his first blip. Why do you think that was the right decision? Right. Wait, first of all, I didn't say it was the right decision. No Chelsea fan will it's... ever be like, no real, real Chelsea fan will ever be like, Frank out. There? Like, he, we got, if you separate the player from the manager, if, if I'm thinking okay. about Frank, the player, I'll mm. never, ever out, 
I will never be that Frank out ever. Yeah. But mm. when he did get sacked, I kind of thought in my head, I was like, I'm kind of happy they've done, not happy, but I'm kind of like, I'm okay that they've done it. You were ecstatic, if, TJ. Wow. I wasn't ecstatic. <laughs> no, but. You were. Okay, every, the, the thing is, right, everyone will say, give him time, give him time. When it's not your club, when it's your club, it's a bit different. So I could see what was happening and I could, I could see the mentality that the players had when we went to big games. I've never, I've never, we've never had a manager over the last 20 years where I've been so shook going into a big game as, as I was under Frank Lampard. Hang on, sorry, t- quickly, TJ's. Not, not um, Scolari, no. not Vias Boas, not uh, no, Di Matteo. No, no. The reason I'll say that is because I love what Frank was trying to do. He brought through the youth. He came in at a time where I don't think a lot of other managers... A lot of other top managers would have come in at mm. that time. So he came in and he did exactly what was asked of him. He, he finished in the top four. But if you look at our team last season, mm. yes, we lost Hazard. We got Pudisic. Pudisic is not as good as Hazard. I'm not trying to say that. But our team on paper, our starting level on paper was not terrible, which is why me and you had beef all the time yeah. when you were going, oh, you're going to finish 10th. You're going to get relegated. I was like, <laughs> at minimum. I know. It's a I know. <laughs> At minimum, I thought we we're going to finish top six last season. Yeah. But in my, I was saying to you, yeah, we're going to finish top four. He finished top four and it was a good season. That's great. Hey, sorry, this, sorry to interject. Where, where did sorry. you think you were going to finish this year? This year, I thought we we're going to challenge for the title. Challenge, not win. Oh, oh Brian. Challenge. <laughs> not win, challenge. Not win. I didn't think we were going to win it because we finished how many points behind Liverpool last year? But this year, I was expecting us to. You expected a soft gap. challenge. A soft challenge. <laughs> I want to get to the last four or five games of the season and be like, sort in with a shout of winning the league. Do you know what I mean? But after okay. 19 games of the season, when he got sacked, mm. I was thinking, it's okay because, you know when I was done? The Arsenal game. When we lost to you lot, that's when I was done. I was done. I'll say, and then I was, I'll say also, I'll say also, if it weren't for that game, if it weren't for Frank being in charge of Chelsea... Arteta would have got sacked. Yeah, yeah, it was one. It that was, 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 was one of the. When you look yeah. back at it, it was a pivotal moment for both both coaches because yeah. if Arteta loses that game, I don't think the way our fan base was at the time and how toxic our fan base can be at Arsenal. I said I even tweeted because I weren't going to publicly out Arteta at the time because I was starting to get very scared. Before there was Arteta out t-shirts being printed and whatever else. If he'd lost that game, it would have been very hard. Going into even West Brom, he would have lost West Brom game. It would have been hard for him. He would have gone. But for Frank, I, we look back to that game, I think that's where it went wrong. The thing is, we want to... Go on. I was just saying, all right, so first off, right, for you to f- expect a challenge for the title in his second season and the first season with silence is mental. If you look at, if you look at Klopp, if you, if you look at, like, even Liverpool, no one expected them to fall off the way they have because they've had injuries. And City, being the animal that they are, right, challenging for the title, I would have said a, a realistic expectation for you lot this season would have been a solid top four finish. I mean, you scraped it last year. But progress, hold them, but progress from that. But So do you really not think that for a young manager to come in who's a club legend, right, who's come mm-hmm. in with no money... Exceeded expectations in the first year, right? Yeah. No, if you hadn't got top four, no one would have really held it against him. Like you said, you were in top six yourself. So he's exceeded expectations. So do you not think just a steady build on that would have been a more realistic expectation than the fact that you've had a club legend and a young manager who's come in, done well, had barely half a season to work his new players into the side, 
to have one poor run of form and get sacked and you think that was the right decision? Let me just say this now. I love Frank Lampard. We've had beef before about him as a player and I've said he's better than Gerrard. We're not going to get into that because that will take an hour. But I love this guy. <laughs> yeah, right? but yeah. He is. But basically, I feel like what you've just said with Klopp. Klopp came into Liverpool. When was the last time Liverpool, since Benitez, they didn't really do nothing. When, when Klopp came in, they hadn't done much for a few years, I don't think. When Lampard came in, we, we won the league in, what, 2017 under Conte? Sarri, the season before Lampard, we won the Europa League. So it's not like he's coming into a shit team. I know we lost Hazard, and that's a massive thing, but we're not the same as that. And so when Pep came into Man City, as you just mentioned, they had won leagues again before that. Um, Pellegrini had won leagues. They came in and they had money to spend, blah, blah, blah. And Pep had, he had credit. Yeah. No one was like, what's, what's going to happen with Pep? Everyone knows Pep is a sick manager, right? Mm. We want to be an elite club. We need an elite coach. If we wanted to just challenge for the top four every season, Frank would have been great to carry on. We may have finished top four this year. We may not. I don't know. So on to that then, T. So do you genuinely think, right? Because I know Tuchel. Like I said, I remember I called this. Wanna... I call him too shady now, by the way, not yeah. Tuchel. Yeah. <laughs> you call him what you like. If you don't win games, you'll no, be You're such a skinny managers, mate, I swear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> can I say, that's, 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 what, that's what the... But that's the culture that Chelsea have... Ge- they generated, they've created this culture. John, it's not just Chelsea. It's not just Chelsea. He was trying to recruit me two months ago, going, it's the future. It is. No, but what I'm saying is... Oh my you've, you, you, you've generated this culture where it literally is. We know what it takes. We, we've seen it. You know, we've seen Fergie was he was given seven years before he won a title with Mate, United. Football's yeah. changed. Whatever man, what changed. other teams done that? Whatever teams done that? Yeah. Well, to you be fair, he, no, T, pardon. You think if he? Do you think if he was given like five years? Do you think he could have been a top coach and been challenging? I like to, I like to weigh things up. I think there was more chance of us flopping under Frank. Yeah. Than yeah. being where we want to be, mm. I don't. I think football's completely changed. As you as you said, everyone bought into a. Pep said it as well a couple of weeks ago. He said, "Everyone's about projects, but if the if you can't see progress in a project, and you don't win games, you're going to get sacked yeah. at the end of the day." But so do you and think? So do you then think that? But the thing is, there's but progress isn't always that. Yeah, progress is can be up and down. There's going to be little bumps in the road, especially yeah. with a young manager. When so there's do so you much money involved, then, we can't afford that. So do you then think that? In, in reality, Frank was never really a project and he was just someone to bring in for a year with no money and said, go on, hold that, sit there, stabilise mm-hmm. us for a year with no money. And then as soon as he had a little bit of an issue, as soon as he had the tiniest fall in form, he was straight out the door. Because to me, that was harsh. You know what I'm saying? Well, and it looks to me yeah. like he was never really there to be given any time. Because what well, manager's going to come in, win games and have a constant upward trajectory? Like, it's very unrealistic. Do you know what I'm saying? I think he was set up. I, I agree with you there. I think it was the board hired him. We had we had Sarri in charge before he was there, and everyone yeah. I don't know why everyone hated Sarri because I think he did an okay job. We finished third that year. We won the Europa League with the team he had. It was all right. The fans didn't ever take to Sarri. We had a transfer ban. We appointed Lampard to be like that connect between the fans and the club, and the fact that Lampard and Jody Morris knew all the youth players and stuff like that. But I don't think the board ever. Thought he was going to be a long-term option ever. Like, so, like you said, tea, tea, I think I they were the for... penny drop in there, mate. <laughs> no, is the headphones dropping? I think I think they <laughs> literally set him up. Genuinely, genuinely. Well, set what him I will up. say, sorry, just mm. to back you up on your on your point there. There were so many stories that came out. He wasn't allowed to. Um, 
to say goodbye at the training ground. He went down to um, Cobham. No stories, you believe him? No, but the story's about players and the, and there, there being a disconnect between him and the oh, players yeah. in the end. And the fact that he wasn't maybe, he didn't have the coaching credentials, he wasn't respected as a coach between the top senior players at the club, the Rudigers, the Aspilicuetas, these yeah. players. So that, for me, that would back the decision. But at the same yeah. time, what we have at this in, in this modern game, player power maybe is is too, a little bit too influential at the moment. To what? get rid of some... Yeah, go on. Just to answer you on that, like I was saying earlier, that when we went to the big games, right? So we played Man City after the Arsenal game when I was done with him as a manager, not as a player, as a manager. I was done with him after that. Went to the Man City game. There was times when Man City were attacking and they'd finish an attack and Kante and Thiago Silva would look at each other and be like, what's going on? And then we went to the Leicester game. Kante was out of that game, right? He didn't play a DM against the best counter-attacking team in the league. Leicester, yeah. to me, well, are the you best said it to be fair. I remember on WhatsApp, yeah. you said that, to but be fair. He played Kovacic, Mount and Havertz. Havertz, who he didn't even play the week before against Fulham, but he decided to play him against Leicester, which made no sense. And then, as a big manager, no other top manager, Klopp, Pep, even Mourinho, as much as whatever, we won't get into that, no other top manager would have set us up like that. So, as a coach, I think the players mm. didn't respect him anymore. So that yeah. We had people like Zayek that came in, Havertz came in, um, talking about Rudiger, all the other pl- big, big players that have had big coaches elsewhere. Yeah, I think they were looking at him thinking, this guy's not giving us any tactics. He's not giving us anything so, other than like... Yeah, other than go out, give your best and express youth. yourself. Right. And it hurts what me to I say ask, this. So I I love Frank then, Lampard. Yeah. To wrap up Chelsea, I was going to ask, do you have faith in Tuchel? Tuchelli, I think, is going to do well <laughs> because... I just think, tactically, he's one of the best around. Yeah. If, if it was a blank canvas, all the managers were free right now, he would be in the top five or six managers in the world, in, my, in Europe, in my I, opinion. I disagree. He's, an elite, he's a top manager. He's not elite, elite, but he's... because he's What, what really, makes you say he's not elite then? Why not? Well, I say he's not elite because I look at... People are comparing him to Klopp. He never got anywhere near, really got near, anywhere near a German title when he was at Borussia Dortmund. But, his Mines career, he had a similar Mines career, and then he went to PSG. And I'll give him that the best achievement he has because it ain't winning the league because they spent they had the most expensive squad in Europe. Mm-hmm. It's that he got to a final with the Champions League, but he got battered by the far and away the best team. You know, he Europe, had a better points per game ratio at Dortmund than Klopp. And the Bayern Munich team he was up against in Germany is one that won the treble. Like it was a good team. No, he like medal, like he did he get a medal? Did he get a medal for that points per he game? Won cup, he won a cup. He won a he cup. Won a, he won the yeah. DFB Pokal, whatever yeah. it's called. He won a German cup. I know that, but I, I'll say it now. I what, think he looks what, weird. Phone, I wouldn't want him at my club. Put it that way. He looks exciting. He what's looks Arte- like Arteta look like then? What's he look like? Right. He do, he, I say what he don't look like. He, looks, he don't look like he's got kids in his basement. I'll tell you that for right, free. He looks a bit. He looks a bit like a. Yeah, no, you don't. No, you you don't. Looks a bit you're, now, now you're forcing it. You don't. Nah, you don't, agree, you don't. Nah, come on. Like, do you reckon? I see what you said though um, about what um, about him not about my man Frank not commanding respect of senior players. Going back mm-hmm. to what I said last week, do you think that might even be a reason why Arteta will probably get away with having a bit more time in that he hasn't got those disruptive, probably hasn't got those big senior disruptive players in the in the dressing room. Oh, he does. You know I'm saying. Oh, no, he he has, I think Arteta will get more Wait, he's time. got rid of him now. He's, Arsenal, he's been getting rid of him. Yeah. Look, I know shit, to be fair. I, I, heard a, I, heard a, I heard a sentence the other day that resonated. I, I do not want sentiment to ruin my club. If it was a sentiment thing, we'll keep Frank Lampard. I love Frank Lampard more than... He's my favourite ever Chelsea player. 
You back uh, him then. Same way you kept, same way you kept Arsene Wenger for too many years. I'm not going to be willing to keep Frank Lampard for that many years. Ah, but but T T, so can I just ask you because for me, like it'd be a little bit different for us where we ain't had a lot of success for a long time by the FA Cups. But you lot, as much I hate to say it, have had a great 15 years. You've had fucking you know as many FA Cups as any ones. You've had European trophies. You've had leagues. You've played good football. You've played shit football in one leagues. You've done everything. So would you not? At this point, it's not like... I know Roman is, and that's why he's been so successful, because he's always in a rush for success. But you personally, as a Chelsea fan, could you not have took a little bit of stick and had them lows to then win something special with Lamps? No. No. Like, why would you do that? You're greedy, greedy. No, but... You're greedy, you're greedy. Let me so answer. Chelsea, that is such a Chelsea answer. No, no. let me answer. Let me answer. I, let me reiterate, I love Frank Lampard, but... We want to be an elite club. We want to be... I hate Man United. You're just not in love with him, innit? You're just not in love with him no more. As a player, I am in love with him. As a player, I'm in love with him. Wow. Love with him. Balls, 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 balls. Ralph, do you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I get you. Why would we slip in while we slip into like a year or two where he may do well, when we can get an actual manager who's a much better coach than him, Frank Lampard is not an elite level coach. Yeah, there's something special. There's something special about like I, if, it was, if it was Vieira coming back for me or an Henri. No, I don't want another. I disagree. I don't want another. You wouldn't be gas. No, I don't want another old player coming back. I'd give him a chance. If I've been winning leagues, I would. Mate, if Henri or Vieira comes back to Arsenal, I start supporting Arsenal because I know. You got to stop. Yeah. Thank you. mate, I'd fucking hate it if they come back because I know that would be that would be. I agree that sentiment and what I've also said. Oh, it's you saying you don't want them to ever come back. No, don't come back. That's a manager. Legacy. But if you make the decision, but the difference is with Frank, and this comes down to it comes down to a certain level of privilege. He should never have got the job in the first place. As you know, I've said this all along. Scott Parker is a better coach than Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard is the profile of the man. What he did as a player, he's a great fucking. He he is. He represents everything good about English football. It don't mean he's a good coach. And I said that he should. They should never have got him. And that's something I've stuck with. The whole since he was hired, he didn't get Derby up, right? He lost the playoff final, right? He let the players go out on a piss after the playoff semi final. He has no fucking command of a dressing room. He should never have been given a quarter of a billion to go and spend in the summer. And he should certainly not have been given a team. Yeah, but that's the thing. So you say he shouldn't have got a job. Firstly, like we've already said, he looks like he was a long, it was an interim anyway. For a yeah. year with no money, and he went yeah. and got them top four, so that's justified. And then, secondly, I doubt any of them signings were his. They're probably my only, man's. Only Chilwell and, and Werner apparently were his signings. All our signings. But listen, let me go back to August. Let me get back to August. Havertz is the best wonder kid in Europe, and he's he's but he's past Sancho. He's past. He's he's on. He's in Mbappe levels, really. The way they're talking about Havertz. Who's you going to sign him? If, if, if United... Yeah, the club, uh, the club wanted to sign him, not Lampard. The club, the club knew they wanted to sign him. But right. look, Listen, if you're look, worth any... If you're a if, decent coach, you can get you can get Havertz playing for you. Uh, let me let me move on quickly. <laughs> I want to yeah. talk to you because I know you're a big boxing fan. All of us are massive boxing fans. Yeah. AJ, uh, AJ Fury, where do you lot stand? You're a Nigerian man as well, so I need to know mm-hmm. where you stand. You're, but you're a massive Fury fan. Who wins yeah. it? Who do you want to win? Two separate questions. Are you asking me first? Yeah, I'm asking you first, yeah. T. Okay, guess. so... My head... No, no, my heart wants, wants AJ to win. Mm. But my head says Fury's going to bang him up. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest. I, I feel like 
I feel like Fury's gonna. If you want my prediction, Fury's gonna stop him on the ninth or tenth round. Genuinely, really. I feel like I feel Fury's like AJ's stop not. Him. I think he's gonna stop him. I think everyone's gonna. If the, the safe bet in that would be Fury on points. I feel like yeah. Fury's gonna. I feel like Fury's gonna dominate him. Did the, the, the Pulev performance change your views? Because I know it changed. No, I ain't gonna lie to you. No, it didn't change. My I can't views. explain to you how good that Pulev performance was, though. That's the thing. It. I thought. I thought Fury. I was almost certain Fury was gonna win, right? I'm, and I probably still think he's just edges it. But that Pulev performance showed me something in. How old is Pulev? How old is Pulev? It don't matter, old people. He's not been. When was the last time Pulev? He weren't good. He's not so much about age. It's it's a style of fighting, which is why stars make fights. Joshua doesn't get near Fury for me. I feel like he just dismantles him. He just dismantles him technically. I just don't think he's got. The boxing brain or the ring craft to stand to go forward and get past Fury's defense and his movement and his footwork. Like, he's not any of these other fighters who he's got. So, I mean, even against Povetkin, had him in a little bit of trouble and he turned it around. Yeah. And he, against a Pulev, he, he looked dominant. But I think we see a very, very different much fighters. His... I don't feel like, I just I, don't, I wonder whether he's got the ring craft to get anywhere near Fury. Yeah. Okay. It should be. Um, in in reality, I well, I, I agree, really. If, I mean, I'm not as. Um, Technically astute in this in this regard, but I do just from what I've seen and whatever, I would think that Fury does it. But I've just got a feeling Joshua might do him. This is that, that's get, what I'm saying. You can, what I'm you saying. get lucky either way. I've just got a feeling. No, this is what I'm saying. So, like you say, I think we all agree, head and heart. Everyone who and knows sorry, boxing. Josh, to be fair, I, I, yeah. I'm actually banging the middle with it because I mean, I I, I was I like a bigger men. Fury. Yeah, oh, you know, I was a big Fury fan. I love and then, both of them. Yeah, literally. And yeah. Joshua, I just I've liked more because of. Almost because he's had a bit of stick, I think unnecessarily, and now I just like I want him to get the credit as well. So where yeah. I where I stand, there's two things that have changed my whole view in this. Right, I watched the Lennox Lewis documentary on Amazon the other day. Make sure you watch it. But that is, I feel as though Joshua was in a very similar place to where Lennox Lewis was in 02 before Tyson, where people disregarded a lot of his a lot of the things he'd achieved. They disregarded every every one of Joshua's achievements. What he's done is a madness, right? People think he's just like, he hasn't got the, uh, the the skill levels of certain boxers. He ain't got the power of a wilder. He ain't got this. The skeezer's record and his CV is unbelievable, right? Yeah, I think, I think people, that. I think, and I think also Joshua ain't fought, I mean, Fury ain't fought for a long time. So the Pulev fight being in the middle, if it's next, if Joshua fights Fury next, with the Pulev fight being just before Christmas and him being a little bit more having a bit more ring exp- recent ring experience, I think he's got a chance. And I feel as though... He's got a chance. I think he's got a chance. And I feel as though we'll see a very different um, anti-Joshua in that ring. You'll get, we'll get the fierce anti-Joshua, the spiteful yeah. anti-Joshua back, which yeah. will make a big difference because he knows the country will be against him. Everyone, Fury's fucking PR campaign for the last three years has been unbelievable, right? Joshua can never do it. People don't believe in a Joshua in the, in the way he's been marketed. People believe in the way Fury's been marketed. He's going to feel like the underdog going into that fight. No, and he's going to know, good. similar to Klitschko, he's going to know he's got to bring something out of the depths of his soul to win that fight. I, I think it's going to be PR, tight. Can I just say, in terms of the PR, I think you're wrong on that. I feel like more people in this country will think anti-Joshua, in terms of people that not un, are not necessarily boxing fans, will think boxing, anti-Joshua yeah, yeah, is going to yeah. win that fight. The Fiat 500 crew, whatever, they're all going to think Joshua's going to win that fight. He's not going to that fight yeah. as an underdog. He's not. He's not. 
And I just feel like I he's think it's about 50 It's 50 50. No, no, he's not. And I feel like he's going to try and do the style. He'll certainly feel like an underdog. He'll do the when style. When he's short, his fury's about two to one, two to one on. And he's a, and right. in the boxing community, which is what they'll care about, he'll be seen as an underdog. That's what he'll care about. Only just. Uh, by the people that actually will say their opinion, it will be Fury. Obviously, they're all going to say Fury. But I feel like Joshua will try and do the style he did against Ruiz, and it won't work. I don't think Fury. he will. I don't he think he will. Fury, Joshua's never fought that many people that are physically like t- tall and like... He can't bully, he can't bully Fury. He can't bully him. He couldn't, bully, he, couldn't be, he couldn't bully Klitschko either, though. I know Klitschko, yeah. I know Fury's bigger than Klitschko, but he didn't bully Klitschko. Klitschko was an old he, man who got who he done who he done late on though. Like yeah. I just think I just feel I, I honestly right. I, li- I like the idea of it. And I definitely you can't knock AJ's CV 100 percent And I know mm-hmm. people love to romanticize Fury because of the story. But take everything mm. out and just look at them as fighters and as ability. I don't understand how Joshua lays a glove on him. I really don't laser get why. Glove. That's, that's, see, that's, 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 that's a bit, yeah. But people, that's yeah, people side, yeah. I don't think it's near. I feel if Klitschko, you've got, you got to remember the fight that Klitschko was. And if you look at that fight, the Klitschko-Fury fight, right, this is Klitschko who has fought everyone there is to have fought in one of the most long-standing, glittering careers of a, 20, of a heavyweight champion. And he could not get anywhere near Fury. Nowhere near him. He embarrassed him. He embarrassed one of the greatest champions of all time. And that's why someone who's at the back end of his career and he's not maybe not an athlete Joshua is, but in terms of skill level, for me, if you Klitschko not, couldn't get near him, I wonder how Joshua will. I really do. I've, but you, I've watched that fight a load of times, the Klitschko Fury fight. I think that there was a certain level of underestimation there. He was in Germany. He was in his own on his own patch. I don't think... Like obviously, what happened after Fury went off the rails, everything else, I would have loved to have seen a second, the rematch of that. I, w- I really yeah. would have. I would have loved to have seen that. But I get it. The, what I've also seen in Fury's career, which is something you may not do, we look at the Steve Cunningham fight, or you look at even some of the early, um, the early uh, Chisora fights. He's been in trouble, you know. That Fury isn't this like infallible fucking Mark Wizard in the wing that people make out. Trust me. And he ain't fight, facing a, a div. Like for me, if you you go into that fight and you get and you get a really tuned in anti Joshua who's been trained for speed, ferocity, and fucking and and for power in that fight, it'll give him some trouble, mate. I, I think I genuinely do. But listen, it's, that's think, why I it makes it, it a good fight. I think it's a. I would say it's like a 55-45. That was my split for betting or whatever. Would be. Fury's a favourite, 55, Joshua, 45. I literally think they've got both got so many things that could trouble the other person. I just don't think that Joshua will be able to maintain it over... Basically, Joshua has to bang him in the first six rounds, in my opinion. Six, seven rounds. When it gets past that, he's got no chance. Yeah, no, I... I, think I, Joshua's, I, I, the, I Joshua's, Joshua's the athlete, though, right? He should be the one. Yeah, he but should Fury, be the one with the energy as time goes on. Yeah. And I want... In my heart, I want Joshua to win. I'm Niger, innit? He's a Nigerian man. I want him to win. But I just I'm don't easy. think... I like, I like I both. Do not I think don't mind win. who wins. I like both. I like both. But I'd rather Joshua win. But just generally, if, I, if I'm being honest, I don't think he'll win. Right. You hear, did you hear what AJ said um, about feeling let down? By who? By um, TJ for ducking stacks for this long. 
Stacks doesn't want it. Freddie said, Freddie wants this to you, right? Stacks doesn't want it. Stacks doesn't want it. For the podcast audience, we've been trying to we've been trying to organise the TJ Stacks fight for a long, long time. Long time. They're both training. They're both in mad shape. T, you're in shape, bruv. Oh you're shit! Yeah, you're I'm both at it, yeah. You're both at it. I'm not in shape. The, I'm not the in shape. Time <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't need to be in shape. I don't need to be. Listen, let's me just say this clear. Let me just be clear. I don't need to be in shape. I don't need any notice. I'll take no. this fight anytime, anywhere. Let's go. Let's 24 go. Hours. Podcast yeah. Yeah. Put this way. Give us a tip. If you don't want this fight to happen, right? Give us a tip. Tip us. The link will be below. And we'll, that, get you it we'll get it happening. <laughs> you, you, can the choose the gloves, you, you can choose the gloves. You haven't got the venue. You haven't got the height. All your stipulations. All you haven't your got the height. You haven't got the size. You haven't got the power or anything to trouble me at all. I promise you. Where? Well, that's that's what what the location, call. G. That's what we call around my way. We call that fighting talk. We call that fighting talk. Alhamdulillah. I'm gonna smash your boy. I'm liking the promos though, boys. You're cutting good. Let's get some proper promos going for this. Like the gloves are off. Let's make it happen. You're gonna fight Lou. You're gonna fight Lou. He's in he's he's in some bad shape right now. I'll fight him all day long. He's a fat little nimble. Listen in the in the <laughs> comments. Let us know if you who you back who you're backing. If you want to see this boxing tournament, Lagaloo versus Graft, TJ versus Stacks. Let us know. Who you fighting? Who you fighting? Dutch? Who you fighting? I'm fighting G man. I'm fighting G man. I'm fighting G man. I've got to fight G man. He's in shape. I've got to fight him. I've got to fight him. Who else? No one else. You and John. All I say is, while I still see them deliveries hooked up to the email. Yeah. I'd be worried about fighting G-Man, innit? Get it, get, Mate, get, I'm get a, you I'm gonna kind of G-Man's not on it. G-Man's not on it. But. Mate, I'll smash G-Man to bits, bruv. If you, nah, let's be <laughs> real. Put us, in a, put us in a cage and see what happens. But anyway, listen, <laughs> okay. that's enough. Jim, let's, uh, let's move on to the next subject whilst we can, please. Okay, so the next subject um, is actually a quote that we've lifted from a story in DJ Mag. And this was published last week. The, uh, the article like charts how nightclubs are dealing with a potential £50 billion loss in revenue to the industry in the last year mm-hmm. due to the pandemic. And journalist Chiara Wilkinson interviewed Dan Perrin, who is the head of music and events for Studio 338. And he said, so far we have not received any specific support from the Government or Arts Council despite having applied, which was obviously quite a shock when the announcements were made. You don't know what you've got until it's gone, and I, for one, will never leave a party early again. Oh, mate. Yeah. Well, look. I said, I, I, John, sorry, I said this today. I was, talk, cause we, I was getting a little vibe, my little group with El and Lou, and uh, I literally said, mate, I will never leave Bridge early again. I'll leave. I'll I, leave every week. <laughs> Even I got bored of Beckenham, right? But now I won't leave anywhere early, ever again. Uh, mate, ever. Well, this, is, this is what I was going to ask, because T, as we were saying at the start, when I introduced you, you put on night like, for a living. You, you're, you're, you're the reason for a lot of people's weekend happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me if you think that nightclubs, do you think tastes have changed now for good? We've, been, we've not been able to go and have a proper night out for a year. Um, how have you also, another question is what you've done, what you think the next option is, if if it isn't nightclubs, 
what, how can we enjoy a night out going forward with restrictions or what else? And what what pro- other problems have you faced putting on nights in the last um, year? What I think what I think is going to happen first of all after the pandemic, I feel like I feel like that it's going to take so long for nightclubs to get back to what they were in terms of no social distancing, nothing. You can just literally just book a ticket, go out, and not think about anything. That's mm. not going to happen this year, in my opinion. Like as much as I want it to. I just don't feel mm. like it is. So I feel like when it does come back, we'll have a good, if you're in the industry, you'll have a good three, four, five, six months where everyone's going crazy. And yeah. like how you lot were saying that like before you used to like, you got sick of bored, you got bored of everything, blah, 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 blah. I feel like you're the kind of people that'll be back out. Mm. There's people like me that was out every week anyway, or out mm. and working every week. So we'll, it's not, as soon as they're out, as soon as everything's open, we're going to go out all the time. But the people yeah. like you guys that are saying that you got bored of whatever, you're going to mm. be out again. But that will only mm. last a certain amount of time. Mm. So I think the next thing after nightclubs and stuff like that is brunches. Brunches and to me, brunches are new going out. Yeah, Every, everyone's got so used to like socializing on when they're out with the people they went out with, or the people on your mm. table, or the table next to you. I think it's going to be so difficult for for people to get out of that system, no matter what happens in the long term, it's going to be yeah. hard for people to get out of that system. I just, I don't know. I, I fear for the future of the nightclub industry, honestly, the actual full Yeah, that's what industry. I was about to ask you because I was about to say, basically, you're you're someone who, no one knows a night out better than you. They're simple as that. When we went on, we went on tour with the streets back in the start of 2019 and we did the lead show, first yeah. thing we did was ring up TJ, he knows every club owner, every club in Leeds and everything else. He knows where to go. And if you're telling me that you think nightclubs are going to struggle, then that's alarming. Because I said to Dan, when this first happened, Dan, what did I say? I said, people's tastes will change. People aren't mm-hmm. going to... I feel as though people are not going to immediately run straight back to what they used to do. I think we already were, as a society, we were a little bit bored of the whole concept of going to nightclubs because... Like you say, we like talking to who we go out with. So we we organise in a group chat in a week. We sit there, we're like, oh, okay, what are we doing? Oh, we're going to go for a brunch. Oh, we're going to go to this pub afterwards. We're going to, we all organise it together. So why would you then, unless you're trying to nick a bird, why would you then go outside of your group to start talking to people? So it kind of, we already were moving towards a society where going out was sticking to people you know. And occasionally in a smoking section, you might speak to someone you don't, but we're already going that way. So if that's the case, does that mean the death of nightclubs? No, well, I'll say there's an age thing on this. Obviously, we're a bit older, all of us guys. We're a bit older. If I was yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, I might have a yeah. different mindset and thinking, do you know what? As soon as the clubs are open, I'm out every single night of the week, blah, blah, blah. But for anyone that's... catch up, innit? Yeah, you got to play catch up. But I feel like everyone, no matter the age, when they open nightclubs again, are going to be out. Mm. Like, I know, as soon as they open clubs and bars again, I'm going to be active. But as soon as, like that little hype has died down. I feel like mm. everyone has got so used to having little gatherings, gatherings at their house, yeah, drink, which is a bit cheaper, or going to brunches where you're, you're, you're picking who you can go out with. It's because that's who you want to go out and socialise with mm-hmm. and you're going to have fun with them, those people. I feel like the whole era, for us anyway, at our age, is going to be, well, like we're, we're done, basically. You know what but, I think, yeah? You know what I feel like? after this is all done because of the nature of the way that society and behavioural patterns have changed. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be a big onus on... Cl- 
cleanliness, right, and hygiene, which will, mm. that is what I feel like will have a huge impact on what we know as a nightclub experience or as a raving experience, which is why it will lean towards, because I feel, I feel like even when and if proper nightclubs and proper raves come back, I still don't think they will be how they were. I don't feel like there's going to be... There'll still be a few people who don't care and will love it, but on the whole, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people sharing drinks, high-fiving each other, giving each other hugs, kisses on the cheek, random people. I feel like people's behavioural patterns... Sharing a fantadizzle. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people's patterns will change so much that I feel like just that whole new mentality will affect the partying process to the point where I don't feel like... I, don't, I wonder whether raving Dan, in Dan, particular will right, ever be the I'll, same I'll take again. the point, Scott, because, Dan, was I not saying this? This was my, my biggest fear. This, yeah. My biggest fear about this lockdown was that we would be... We would start fearing others. That's what it's... I mean, that's what... I, I mean, sent Scott, you that I, tweet, I, John. I sent you that yeah. tweet where it was like some girl was talking about uh, I can't believe people would just come and would have a cold and come into work. It's something about cleanliness, and it was like yeah, yeah. using yeah, shopping people... trolleys and, and sh- blowing, yeah, blowing, shape... blowing out birthday candles on a cake. Yeah, oh, it's like yeah. I mean, these I, I still I still, look. There's two things I think the youth are the ones we have got to rely on to keep it going. But also, yeah. I've read a lot of articles about youth in general. But I don't know. I can't. You don't know the old world, but youth and being a little bit more distance anyway because they've grown up as social media people rather than in person exactly. people. But, I, like I say, I still think that what I would like to call normal people who grew up getting dirty, not washing for a couple of days when you were a kid, rolling about in the mud. Right, like, who did that? Ralph was up on a caravan site, if you hadn't. No, no, sharing, no, for like being the Beckenham, sharing bottles and fucking sprinkling it, like, the good old days, Share, the proper sharing days. It, sharing it as well. Two's on I a fag and that. Right, I'll never two's in the start again. Oh, mate, yeah, two... I'll never smoke again. If no one's going to tooze me, I will never smoke again. I'll just say oh, so. Like, so, before the pandemic, like before like March, I was yeah. doing two student, I was doing two nights a week, two student nights or whatever nights a week. And mm. Over the last few years, I noticed a difference happening. I could see like so three or four years ago, girls, for example, are more likely to go out in a dress and heels, blah, blah, blah. And I can see how it changed in the last few years where people were just not, even boys as well on that, boys are going Mm. out in shirts, jeans, shoes. In the last few years, I saw a difference where people were like not caring as much in terms of like going out, just thinking whatever, we'll have a few drinks at home, go out. So what this pandemic has done has realised the going out bit is not as fun as the staying at home with your mates bit. Exactly. Can I say one thing as well to you? All I was going to say was that I agree because for a while though, I was getting to that point where I was like, I prefer the the pre-drink or the bit after. But during this lockdown, this made me think the opposite. It's like, I need to go somewhere to justify this. It's like, like, I need that. Well, this is what I'm thinking. I'm worried. I miss miss it personally. When it comes back, that's only going to last for three or four months. But as an... As a promoter or as an events organiser, I need we need to be thinking about what we're gonna do to find the people that literally wanna just go out all the time, regardless yeah. of what's going on, or appeal to the people that wanna go to something a bit more where they can socialise with their friends. Cause yeah. I feel like we've been programmed now to think what's going on right now is the best way to best so, way to So do. Mad, the mad thing is, right? The mad thing is is that 
I've known TJ, we've all known TJ for years. I've known him for, for what, 10, 12, 13 years. And when I first met TJ, we used to come out to Loughborough and there was an obsession with the pre-drink, right? Mm -hmm. This is when I think it started. So when we were, when we were 21, 20 years of age, we, I started to realise the benefit because at the pre-drink is where you meet all the girls, right? Mm -hmm. It's where you play the tunes you want to hear as well, yep. right? Um, you're in complete control of all your, your entire environment. You invite everyone who turns up. Right, and I started to think, well, rah, that was ten years ago, by the way. Like, mm, and yeah. what this start, what this has done, and this is what I was going to bring come on to. Do you think that this lockdown has accelerated something that was already there? Because since then, we've had WhatsApp groups, we've had pre-drink WhatsApp groups, uh, we've had delivery on deliver delivery delivering alcohol and and, and cigarettes to your house at whatever time of the night. We've moved towards already where you only want to see the people that you talk to. You don't want to meet new people. So it's a bigger conversation in what's happened to the night out. It's a case of, are people now a little bit more fearful of what they just don't know? Or are we becoming a little bit more insular as people where you'd rather just like, I'd rather see and talk to the people that I know on a night out anyway. So why would I'm I bother going out? I'm the fucking out? opposite. I'm the fucking oh, opposite. I'm I'm saying saying that. I like going out I raving people. and ducking my friends and meeting randoms. Yeah, well, well, you, really, you guys, us guys, we're a specific set of people. We can go, uh, We I could go to a club it was playing the, the best music or whatever and have a good time. But yeah, there's, a, there's a whole percentage of people that will literally rather do what Dutch just explained. They would rather be in control of their own music, not have to spend whatever. And I feel bad saying this. I'm in the events industry. Do you know what I mean? But this yeah. is our worries. This, but, these are, well, the, these are the things that we've got to fight against coming back. So sorry, sorry, T. Just because I don't want to fuck up your profession here, but that's why the brunches are so important because you brunches do have a lot more control over what, the, what the, yeah. your, your environment and you're effectively raving with your people. Yeah. Two I different even... markets, innit? Do you, not, do you not think that these both of these groups of people have existed and then you're just... One of them's coming to light at the minute, but the in the general... Brunch... Sorry. No, sorry. No, I just think in general, they, maybe maybe it's grown towards that way. But I still think it's got. I mean, for me, I mean, if I was a youngster right now, I'd be I'd be bouncing off the walls. Yeah. And we say this as well. We ain't down the illegal raves, and they are still happening. Like, yeah. happening all over the shop. So, I mean, I've got faith in the youth that they will pull through and keep meeting strangers, keep spitting on each other, keep pushing boundaries, shed a shed a snouts. Fucking fight a good fight. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the brunch market was there. Pre, pre the pandemic, it was there. But now, it's massive. So pre the pandemic, I'd probably been to like two brunches. The last brunch I went to before the pandemic was Yee Lot. Um, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, gal, yeah, like the Christmas dude that we all went to, all the boys, blah, blah, blah. Before that, I'd probably been to like one brunch. But now, mm. I've been to brunches over this lockdown I think that's a, the, the girls are getting. I mean, it's become obviously a thing. It's a thing girls enjoy, and again, it's a different experience because we girls obviously they've got geezers chatting them up left, right, and centre all throughout the day and night. So brunch is nice for them, where you've got your pals, just your group that you've come out with, no bother from any divs or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I think I, I, I think it, I mean a brunch is a great start to a day for me. It's like that's that's what I will say as well, Dan. I think you, I'll, 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 I'll respect that because. I always see, yeah, the brunch is a great thing of all of us getting together. Think about it, you're a team, right? So you've got all your boys, we're going to go out for a Christmas brunch. You have a little bit of a drink, then everyone feels comfortable and they're out yeah. in the They're out anyway. Yeah. Then you go I and think be the brunches can be, they can be beneficial. It's a, trans anything. It's a transition if you, period to then a good night. 
the brunch is almost a transition to a mate. Yeah, brunches. Brunches are good. I love brunches. I've got like after lockdown, I've got three or four brunches that are going to be popping. Like, I'll, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. have to adapt to it. Like, do you know what I mean? You've got to. Yeah. I feel like that is a future now. For the next four or five years, that is a future. Yeah. And obviously, I feel like obviously I do live sh- um, live concerts and stuff like that. You guys yeah. obviously rely on not rely on that, but you do that as well. That's your big yeah. thing. I feel like they're going to be fine as well as soon as social distancing's gone. Well, which is going to take a little I bit. I wonder. Longer. I well, see what I wonder whether um because the other thing which is now what what in between the um in between the lockdowns what a lot what a few of the West End clubs were doing and that is um like you see they're going a little bit more down the route of like how the box was and so yeah. like traditional the nightclubs are going a bit more down the route of route of like shows cabaret shows. Yeah. Theatre style shows where people will have a table and jump you know and then they have their yeah. bottle service and that's kind of like the bougie, the height. I feel like that's almost like the way that the West End will adapt to what you would well, your version of a daytime so brunch well. in that have the, well, no, these well, kind of dinners say, and cabaret shows and stuff like yeah, that. Well, you know I mean? said, that suits them, Scott. For buying drinks, you're going to spend a lot more if you like you're plotted yeah, on your table. Yeah, and, then, and I feel service. like it, it was. It was getting there anyway with the box, Cirque Soir, do a little bit of that, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's so the buy, like sorry, I just spoke to, I spoke to my friend Ben. My friend, my, friend ben and Ad, my friend Ben and Adam, all of our friends, Ben and Adam, are out in Dubai. Or, well, Ben's just got back, Adam's still there. And that's where what Dubai had changed to. So everyone, all the influencers that we've seen on, on Instagram, their nights out have consisted of effectively brunches, sat down tables and meals, and they end up going back to house parties. where they programmed to that now. Everyone's, everyone's now programmed yeah, to it. Thank you. That's yeah. what everyone, mm. despite your age, everyone who's been flying out to Dubai for a good time, the good times have consisted of sit, a sat down meal, cabaret sort of proceed, like what Scott said, then going back to a hotel or an apartment and cracking on there. That's been the that's been the vibe. So well, gone. Uh, well, you yeah, said no, like, what night, nightclubs are shut. Like so many, how many nightclubs have shut because of what you're saying, Dutch? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people realise that they've lost so much money over the last year. They think mm. when we do open again, there's going to be quite, we're going to have a good few months. And then after that, people, I feel like people are programmed to just yeah. thinking there's a new, I don't want to say the new normal word, but I feel like it is, it is. People think there's a different way of going out now and having socializing. Anyway, yeah. um, back to music venues. Now, there's been a lot of news this week. I know that in July, um, the Deaf Institute and Gorilla in Manchester, which was the scene of our, of the manners. For me, the ma- the man is best show. Maybe not the best show. No, it probably might have been the best show. That got saved by a private investor back in July. But a lot of music venues are going out of business, the smaller ones. The bigger ones have been helped. The Academy Group's been backed by the government. A lot of the big music venues that we performed out on the streets tour and our tour have been saved. But the, some of the stuff that... Some of the places where you know emerging acts have performed like uh, the Lexington in in North London, that's gone out of, that's about to go out of business. And also on top of which, the government are about to hike the the VAT on ticket prices from 5% to 20%, which is going to fuck us again. Um, so, boys, what do you lot make of that? Of, of just in general, music venues going out, will music get back to? If nightclubs the thing ain't going to survive. The thing is, is that, like you say, in previously is that a lot of this has been coming. Like, I saw a statistic that said the year in 2019, something like, some, I think just over one in three 
live music venues, traditional live music venues was closing down. There was all the stuff with fabric, like a lot of live, yeah. I feel like live music has been, un, and live, live music and super clubs have been under threat for quite a while now. So, um, but then yeah. again, look, in that sense, again, if big, if raving isn't going to be the same for a while, then maybe mm. there will be a little bit more of a demand for a sit-down concert than there maybe previously was. If the dem- if the demand for that was dwindling towards the end of 19, in 2019, as it looks like it may have been, it, yeah. hopefully it might go the other way as people look for, like you say, an alternative to uh, a sweaty party night. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can I, can I well, say something is- quick? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, I, think, I thought from the promoter's point of view, when it comes to live music venues, it's hard to put on events sometimes because the fees that a lot of artists and acts charge, mm. you've got to stump up a lot of money to make a profit. Like the risk to, to like the risk is not worth it. So I feel like yeah. after this is all done, for it's for uh, for a lot of live music venues to survive, the artists kind of this is where you guys need, might, might need to come in and say what you think on this. Might need mm. to lower their fees. I don't know how much you guys charge. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Not, would you? No, the big, not, no. All right, Dan, don't stop. <laughs> like, no, what listen. I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say, I'm a promoter and I've been doing, I've been doing music venues for four years now. And to make money out of them is very, Dude, can very I difficult. Because I need to big yourself up a I bit. Do you think not that, just that, when I look oh, at wait, some wait, of the wait, fees, I Wait, Dan, two seconds. Dude, I want to big up. You've had Kano. You've had big, big artists. Kojo Funds. You've had um, you've had Chipmunk. You've had big, big artists Young come and Bay, do your events. Rich, Rich, everyone, yeah. everyone, literally everyone. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's hard to like. This is why live music venues are shutting because I feel like a lot of the live music venues rely on promoters. They don't put yeah. on a lot of them. Like the big, big ones can put on like a tour or like they can put on their own thing. But mm. some of the other ones will rely on people like myself to put on a lineup to set it out. But for yeah. us, it's hard for us to put on these lineups anymore because to make money, you've got to sell. If the capacity is fifteen hundred, you've got to sell thirteen hundred tickets. And then the difference between selling fourteen hundred tickets to twelve hundred mm. tickets is so big in terms of losing money to making money, it doesn't yeah. make sense anymore. So I feel like yeah. this is why they're shutting. Like margins. So what you're yeah. saying, so what you're saying, T, is that as artists, we've got to sort of humble ourselves. Where there ain't been any live industry, and we might have to humble ourselves to keep the industry going, so that there is an industry everyone's after got this. A, yeah, got, everyone's you, got a from a promoter's in, yeah. perspective. We're everyone's on both got, sides because we're we, yeah. we're 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 about to launch something anyway. We're about to get to that, but we know what it's like from our perspective. I'm thinking of it. Most artists now have been starved of being able to earn money. Live, yeah, for the last, no, year, yeah, for the last year, yeah. If if, 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 wanna, if they want to make money from shows, it's the mm. only way it can happen. It can work. There's yeah. got to be some sort of compromise, in my opinion, because as a promoter, there's less money. There's less money promoter, there. I, this whole last year has re- made me realize I'm not going to risk a lot of money to mm. make a tiny bit of money. I'd rather just not do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. No, I hear that. I do hear that. I, w- I want to say as well that um, in the bio, we're going to have a link to the trend, uh, keep that at five. 
because that will help. Ticket prices. Hundred percent. Yeah. If the government are going to start upping the price, upping the VAT on the ticket pricing, that's going to harm our industry even more. Like for both of us, prom promoters and for live music acts like ourselves, the government has to try and keep it at five percent for the time being because it's already dying a slow death. So we don't need anything yeah. else to to add to that. So we're going to have a link in the bio. Please support the movement to keep VAT at five because that will keep music venues and keep concerts alive for you so when you don't want to feel like going, there, going to them again. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, that ends that fucking controversial part. Jim, what's the next, what next subject you want to talk about? Uh, so this is another tweet and this is from Unknown T. Uh, and the tweet reads, I'm getting a bit bored of drill. Tired yawning face emoji. Give a genre for me to jump on the next track. Flame emoji. End of tweet. I'm going to say, Unknown T's asking us for career advice. <laughs> yeah, I think it was to, it was at, sorry, I missed the at Danny Graf bit at the start of that. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you know what? Can I direct this one at Scott? I've said for a long while that I feel as though drill was a very temporary, massive thing. It's been massive. But do you think drill's dying as an as a as a genre of music? Do you think we got to the um, stage where it's not innovated enough, or that or it's it's reached its limit as in terms of its reach? Thing is, right with drill as a, as a genre in itself, it can feel a bit limited. But I think what it is now, like he's probably thinking about this. All, all, what drill is, <laughs> right? It's just the music of the of the youth, of the urban youth in the UK. Yeah. And which is now why I remember, and it's almost, that's the thing, within within the music industry and within the culture, drill is a genre. However, yeah. to the media and to the wider market sphere, it's not really that. Because I remember, do you not remember when grime started to go mainstream and then mm. you'd get all the articles in The Guardian and this, that and the other, and it'd be like, our oh, top 10 grime artists of the year. But you'd have gigs in there. You know what I'm saying? And whereas yeah. grime was just a representation. And so that's the thing now. I feel like when people talk about drill, there's like almost two conversations happening at once. You know what I'm saying? So in essence, as a genre and as a type of music, yeah, I don't know how long it has in it in its legs, especially now that the Americans have started doing it. And the thing is, and the Americans don't do it as well as the UK, but they've started to make it a bit tacky, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? And now they're doing they all these big pop. tacky polished they videos pop, and stuff. Big like, I was look, watching the Tory Lanes and the Five Year song, and I love Five Year, do you know what I'm saying? But then now there's this kind of thing where you've got big American artists trying to stick Five Year on a song or trying to think, stick someone else on a song and like trying to dance about it in a video. And it, it's all like the way they're kind of appropriating the UK drill culture, it's started to make it a little bit tacky. But then what I do like is that you've kind of got people from the drill scene who I feel like are evolving that sound beyond it and you got people like like SL did it SL started yeah, to do SL it before it, from yeah. when he came out with Tropical he's always been quite experimental yeah. I like people like my man from Spartans Blanco I'm saying oh. so I do that's what I'm saying I do think that there is a certain now people are starting to experiment with it a little bit more so I do feel like there is I don't feel like it's dying. I feel like it will evolve. And I feel like the people at the forefront of the culture are starting to evolve it, which is probably why now you're seeing things like people like Unknown T, yeah. who's like starting to openly accept, all right, as a, as not, a culture, we need to get beyond 
what drill is right now in essence. But I think it'll be it'll be good to hear. The thing, the reason why I like Blanco especially is because a lot of his production is still like the percussion is still drill, but yeah. it's just a little bit softer and a little bit like nicer on the ears. Do you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I feel like there's I'm interested to see where that goes within the industry and people start to experiment a little bit more with those drill drums without having to make everything too ha- too harsh and too gutter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. And, I, and so what I'm saying is, to be fair, Millions, SL, Blanco, there's a lot of artists that are taking it. Or Lowski. Lowski's last album was unbelievable. Heady. Heady. It's not just Unknown T that said that, by the way. Um, Heady One said the same thing. He's bored of drill. Like, I want to move on. He just released a track with FK, FKA Twigs where it was almost spoken word. Now, Heady's got a... He's an influential He's He's quite experimental. I feel right. like with Heady, he's... Um, mm. I don't feel like he gets enough credit, probably because he's where he's come from and the OFB thing, this, that, and the other. Like mm. his album was even like even like the um the Fred Again stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel I like that. that. I thought I thought that was sick. And love everyone that. outside of drill culture thought it was sick. And it was almost that oh, you see, do you know what that it almost reminded me of? Do you remember when Dizzy did Fix Up Look Sharp? And yeah. everyone in Grime was like, this is trash. But then everyone outside of it was like, yeah, this is sick. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Heady's a little bit ahead of it with stuff. So I thought that so Fred again project was then, sick, this but is a question, This is a question then for, for everyone. Has Drill got to a bigger place than Grime got to? So let's go back to when we were kids and what Grime was, right? Channel U days, 0506, Boy in the Corner, Wiley, Esky Boy. Is Drill now bigger in its universal appeal than what Grime was? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think just because, like that. Yeah, because you got to think like back in them. I remember us like trying to put grime on in the common room, like a couple of years after it started coming out, and you couldn't. No one was having it at all. Like none of the birds, yeah. no one. It was like obviously now things are just tastes have moved more towards rapped songs. Full stop. So yeah, it's made it's it an evolution to, of it. I feel like a drill exists because grime existed. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Grime, yeah. grime was what took that kind of street urban road music in the UK and you kind of had Garage came and then everyone so solid and more fire come and turned Garage a little bit hood. Then you had kind of roadside G's which said that gangster grime and then you had all the East London guys who then who then who then dragged grime into the mainstream and then all of a sudden street culture became pop culture. And that's yeah. why now I feel like drill exists because of that. And so I guess drill probably is yeah it is bigger. You got you got 18 year old kids from London who are off who run the drill scene in New York. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that oh, would yeah, never happen from Graham. Exactly. Well, you know what I mean? I feel, like, I feel like drill's bigger now because of social media. So when Graham first came out, when we were younger, obviously social media must have just come out or whatever. But now, yeah. any, any song, that, any drill song that's big gets played in a club as well. Yeah. It's just that big, like, it's just like unknown T-tunes or low-ski tunes or whatever you got yeah. TikTok and all this. you got people doing dances to the fucking drill songs. Yeah. Well, this is a mad it's thing. Like, never happened in like, I've never been... This is the difference. I remember... I remember being in America in 03. Uh, I think it was 03 or 04. So when Original Pirate Material was out um, and uh, Our Boy in the Corner was out and they were trying to break America with it and it went down like a lead balloon, right? I feel as though drill has... Because the producers have been able, because of social media, because of DMs, like a lot of these mm. people, CJ, apparently I've heard this week, there's been a lot of stories of 
the, you know that big uh, drill tune on TikTok at the moment, the big, big mm -hmm. one? He's apparently an industry plant. So now the industry are getting behind these drill because they see what it's doing. And it started as a London thing. It's now smashing up America. No, saying that. It started as a Chicago thing. We made it what it was. Mm. And now it's gone back to New York and it's now it's fucking up America through TikTok, which is, says it all. <laughs> Yeah, when, when Grimes started, none of us was here. None of us was exactly. none of that stuff. So, yeah, so. what I'm saying, or a better question yeah. is, what's had more of a cultural impact? Because I'm looking at Grime. Grime, you know, I, maybe we're nostalgic because we grew up in that era. But what Grime did then is not, I don't think it's what Drill's doing now. Do you know what I mean, though? In terms of the artists that came out of that wave, what it did to the UK, it was... So it was so unprecedented. No one had seen nothing like Grime before it happened. We'd seen, yeah. We've seen Grime now and Drew's happened. So all I'm saying is in terms of a cultural impact, which ones had more of a cultural impact? For me, it's Grime. Grime. 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's not even close. Yeah. Even though even as, as irrelevant as Grime is today, I know for a fact that I don't want to... I'm an artist now and I don't want to spit drill bars. I'm, yeah. I'm managing artists who spits drill bars and I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to tell him to fucking move off of that. We, we want to do, do more innovative drill. But as a, I wanted to spit grime bars when I heard that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like the guy said, drill wouldn't be here if it wasn't for grime. If it wasn't yeah. for the pioneers in the, in the, in the industry that mm. let urban culture come to the forefront, it wouldn't be here. So you can't, for your question, definitely grime, mm. 100%. 100%. Sick. Yeah. Well done. Right, well, the other, the only other thing I wanted to ask you before we get off the music subject, your favourite freestyles from all from the last twenty years of freestyles. What's your? And I, I should have asked you before, so you don't have time to think about this. But I put up um, an English Frank SBTV the other day on my Twitter, and I you, yeah. you don't realise how much some of these freestyles had more impact than a lot of big songs at the time. The sneak by one. Remember the sneak by one? Freestyles were the thing back then, wouldn't they? The Danny Graft, the Danny Graft SB warm-up, mate. Mm. A lot of these were game changers. What is your, give me your give me your top three, or not even top three, give me your off the top of your head, what are your favourite, the ones that have resonated with you lot the most? Your top freestyles. Hey Coke, fire in the booth. Oh, I was gonna say K Coke to as well. Had yeah, to be, yeah. Sem seminal, like. I yeah. never, I was never as gassed on that. El, El I was, that, you know, I, 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 I was. No, I, that was hard. It was very yeah. like, I, like, ploddy for me. It was a bit like, I know the bars were nuts, but it was almost like, it was like, fucking hell, look at this metaphor. It was like, I was like, nah, man, it weren't. The Rich, what about the Rich? Rich, Avellino. Rich firing the booth. I know, exactly. Not Avellino, but the Rich bit. Yeah, Rich was one. No, listen, Rich and Avellino. Loyal Carners, Loyal Carners firing the booth was mental. That's one of the best. Crazy, absolutely yeah. as good as any bit of rap that's ever come out of the UK. Mad, absolutely mad. Akala, Akala was one of the biggest. Mm. Akala, like, Akala. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot to digest. We're always with Akala, yeah. it's a lot to digest. It depends but... what you're looking for from the freestyle. You're looking to get gas, so you're looking to deep it. Do you know what I mean? So... All right, Danny what... Grass, it's the first Danny Grass first warm up session. That's what there. I just said. Ain't, yeah. done, ain't done nothing, yeah. I ain't hit that level yeah. since. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I will leave, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave some of these links. Um, no, who, hang on, hang on. Me, ah, who the fuck did we use The to game use? changer for me, the game changer for me in terms of freestyles, Sneakbo, um, mm. when he did his warm-up session, changed, him and English mm. Frank, I remember that era. English Frank, Bashy's one as well was a hard one. Um, in terms of firing a booth, gets oh, as you always. Must, Scott, you liked, uh, I like that one as well, the Tef, Young's Teflon one. 
Oh, mate, Young Tiffs. Yeah. The, the beat, the, the Terminator beat or something, wouldn't it? Not Terminator, um, Transformers or something. Thingy one as well. The, um, the one yeah. that Giza recently, seen that guy recently, he's been taking old grind freestyles and putting new instruments over, that Gets and Skepta one. Yeah, I nah. saw it on Instagram. Um, I know what you're talking about. Sick. I know what you're talking about. I saw it on Instagram, yeah. Hey, why, is, why is the producer, he's called, look it up, why is the producer, uh, Skepta and Gets freestyle? Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Remember, W I Z E. Be making sure that you can't even jump in the bar. Remember, remember them, remember them grime tunes. That was aim high. That was aim high. Aim high business. Yeah. That's still the one beat. If I could recover a beat from anywhere, that'd be the beat to write to. Did you not ask one of you? Asked target. One of you. One of you misses target the other day and said, "Can you?" I don't think he's. I don't think he's got it. I think it's like. You won't have it anymore. An old genius hard drive or fucking discard has lost it or someone like someone from East London's lost it basically. One of them. I'm gonna be putting up. I'm gonna be putting up some of these classic freestyles. Some of these classic beats. I'm gonna be putting up on a manner on my Twitter. So follow us. I'll put the link in the bio for afterwards. But Jim, let's move on to the last bit for a little bit of light-hearted stuff. Okay, right. So this one is a fan message to the Manor account um, from someone that wants to remain anonymous. Um, so it reads, lads, I'm an above average indulged single man. So like well endowed. Um, <laughs> he's a well endowed man, no, yeah. He's not well endowed. He's, he's averagely, well, he's above average. Oh, just above average. In the right Everyone light. Says that. In the right light. In practice. <laughs> so, yeah, and above average and dull man. What's that got to do with us? Wait, 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 I'll get into it, I'll get into it. <laughs> Open bracket, in the right light, close bracket. And he's got, and he says, with an all right frame. So he's, so he's got an all right body. Um, so, uh, and he goes on to say, I'm a bit of an extrovert, extrovert who hmm. dares wins kind of character. And I've recently stumbled upon OnlyFans. Do you think it's a bad idea? Any other suggestions to make quick money? What, him going on OnlyFans? Yeah, Only I, think, I think that's what he's getting at, yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't really know what the appetite is from, um, I think, girls. It's almost a reverse demand, isn't it? They see too much dicks and dick pics that they don't really yeah. ever need to pay for it. I say that. Yeah, I know a couple of guys up here, I'm, I'm not going to say names, I know a couple of guys up here that are apparently making money from that. Um, only Nicki Minaj. I'll say one thing. Nicki Minaj's, Nicki Minaj's ex-boyfriend, Safari, who's hilarious, right? He makes about £2 million, off, $2 million a month off of OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know how. He goes out of every community. Didn't Chris Brown? Chris Brown got it a couple Chris of Brown, months ago, didn't he? Tiger, yeah. Tiger's Tiger's got... the, highest, the highest earning man, Tiger, Tiger. makes fuck, six million sterling a month. A month. It's just sub- sub- subscriptions is a way to make peas. And that's how they're doing so, it. Chris Brown can look, send, put for? a little, top, little topless picture on there and you've got bare but fans I, that are going to... You ain't going to make... I don't think anyone like is a is a normal bloke gonna make any money on only fans. I don't know, but he was a, an above averagely endowed I'm man going. with a decent <laughs> frame yeah, and an extrovert. Yeah. So you, you, you got a chance then. No, I mean, listen, we've all we've all had we've all had the little think about what we could do to make some more money. I certainly wouldn't make a penny on only fans. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> no way. I literally. No you get, way. Are you getting I'm gonna do it. Dutch? Huh? I mean, you never know. I listen. You, you never know. 
Well, they like the the, 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 the if you like teddy bears. Um, but no, to oh, be mate, fair, doesn't matter. You got mate. You you'll have a little following. I reckon you'd nick a few quid. Mate, don't gas me up because I can't do it tonight. So don't fucking do it. Seriously, <laughs> I can't, mate. If if I could make a bit of money, I would. But no, I just mate. To be fair, everyone would be sitting there thinking, "Oh, what can we do?" And it's all right for birds to do it. And there's so many women that are making a hell of a lot of money. People don't know the stats. Think about OnlyFans. There's a lot of money that is being generated from this. Have Why you seen? Not? Have you seen the top earner? Have mate. you seen what's it called? Uh, where's hold on? Where's it gone? Megan, I Megan I from it, Love I sent this to my mate the other day. The top earner on OnlyFans, right? Is uh, what's her name? Black China. Yeah. Right. Oh, how much she earns? How much she earns a month? A mil. Only fans. No, Fifteen point four million sterling a month. Fifteen a month. Mate, I'd show me organs for that money. Like you can oh, see. Mate, really you do not. You don't want to know what I would do for fifteen mil a month. <laughs> I'm too scared of money. I'm too scared. I'm not on that. What are you scared of, though, T? What are you scared of? Huh? What are you scared oh, of? Of the OnlyFans. Both. Oh, no, Both. no. My mum will kill me. My mum will kill me. Months. I don't care about the 15 mil. I'd rather, like, <laughs> no, my mum will kill me, bro. Right, if bro. you couldn't get fat, if no family were ever going to find out, would you do it? Do what? Ask, what's the question? Do, do little dance, do little dances on OnlyFans. Naked ones. <laughs> Naked street dance. I don't even want to imagine no, this now. It's getting scared. It's just sore, Dan. No, because he's a good dancer. Mil. So, this what I'm saying. You could probably make, like, above but average P. I didn't tell the fans. I didn't tell the fans. T's a dancer as well, but in a in a in a like break dance. Hey, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. No, listen. Hey, T, if you want to open, if you want to do with OnlyFans, that's on you. So I said I would never do it. Never. No way. You said that. I didn't hear that though. I'm gonna ask another question quickly before we wrap this up. Um, um, it's a bit difficult because um, for certain reasons but what is uh, uh, me and Dan will tell you about what married life has been like and the ag we've had to go through during this lockdown so maybe not ag for Dan but I've, I've had plenty of ag what has single life been like in terms of what has it been like how many rules have you broken do you care Do you have you been out there or has it been a little bit more difficult to get the non Give us that. Give us that. We're ending on a light note, T. Do you know I'm what I mean? I'm assuming you're asking me because I don't know what's that. I'm asking, no, I don't. Well, okay. I know what your situation and yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, it's, I just, it's hard, isn't it? Because you can't yeah. go out and meet girls. Yeah. And then you don't really want to get a dating app because. Why do you want to get to, a dating app? I personally, I've had a dating app years ago, but I wouldn't have one, have one now. It's just, it's you're difficult because what are you going to talk about? You're, you're talking about your life and stuff like that, but you're, gonna, you're not going to reveal too much about yourself to someone you don't know. This is just me anyway. And you're only going to be talking about lockdown in a minute. It's going to be a bit shit. Yeah, so you're I'll like, talk what have you done today? What, I've been to the living room. I've been for a run. I've been to the, <laughs> what, like, what are you saying? But like, yeah, it's just difficult, isn't it? Because it I, is. I would rather be on a night out and meet someone than do it, DM someone on Instagram. That's not my style. Like, do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. It's difficult, man. I want to be off the streets. As as many people that are single right now, I want to be off the streets. It's the same. Like, the north is good. Like, if you're out, I live up north and I live, I live in Leeds, yeah? If you're out, there's a lot of girls about, blah, blah, blah. If you want to be that way and want to move to those girls, it's very... Yeah. Yeah, but... It's what you're saying to you is you're trying to... You want to make an honest man of yourself, innit? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? ready, yeah? Hey, yeah, what about Elton you? Elton, 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 El
Are you nah. ready? <laughs> I don't know about that. Are you ready for love? <laughs> Are you ready for love? <laughs> but listen, yeah. let's call it there. Lads, you've been fucking wonderful tonight. Um, you have actually been fucking good value. Good value entertainment. You've all had very strong opinions. It's been explosive. But to end the show, like we always do, I'm going to end it with some geezer admissions. I'll start. My name is Dutch. I'm a geezer. Right. And this week, I've tried to plan a Valentine's in lockdown. And I have not really come up with any answers to it, to be fair, but I've tried my best. Lies, just... lies, lies, no, lies. No, I'm not... Mate, what do you do? Lies. There's nothing to do. I've tried. No, I, bet, I've re- I, guarantee you've I've got, I guarantee you've got a bag of presents, Boots. I've, see, I've no. seen your little hampers. I've seen your hampers in the past. Mate, mate them hampers were from family members. It weren't for her. No, okay. I've not got anything planned. It's my birthday as well, isn't it? So she's got to treat me, so... Oh, shit, yeah, you got your apple. I've got, my, bur- I've got, my, I've got my apple. Oh, I've got my apple. I've got every single... Every single Valentine's. Lads... What geezer admissions? I'm going to go to TJ first. TJ, how it works, you've got to admit to doing something that's slightly moist. So this is going to be very easy for you. So... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um, <laughs> what have you done slightly like, moist this week? Oh, so t- I'm T, I'm a geezer. And I've been sending... In the group chat, I've been sending you, I've been going running, going to the gym. But this yeah. week, I've baked three cakes. You baked... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest... Baking. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Bro, why are you waiting till now to tell me that? What do you mean you're baking? Is it Bro, true? You got, got a baking obsession. Do you know what? We're going to get tea on... Bro, I love um, cake, innit? I love cake. Wait, someone sort out the Channel 4 admission form for the Great British Bake Off. If tea goes on the Great British Bake Off, I could die a happy man. I'll die a happy Bro, man I if you do cake. it. I love cake. I love cake. I know you can probably... It's one thing to love cake. To bake three in a week is the next level. Not all that's for like, me. Not all for incredible. me. That's incredible. That's incredible. For my support bubble. Your support bubble, you got there, So, T, why don't you bring this up? When I said about getting gal in lockdown, you could have just said you were baking cakes for them, innit? That's, that's <laughs> not what I was doing. That's not what I was doing, but it's cool. But hey, it's Dan, cool, give it's us cool. your, Dan, give us your geezer. Uh, uh, fucking hell. Um, Danny Graft, I'm a geezer. Fuck me, eh? I okay, I had a drink. I'm fucking ain't had a drink or smoke for over a month now. I'm just a miserable little I'm doing I'll tell you what I'm doing, I'm stretching. I'm doing stretching and core stretching. and leg oh, exercises. Yeah. I'm just a boring fucking like Pilates instructor, basically. Where? You need you need lockdown. We need lockdown I need a drink, win. mate. This whole thing, I'm I'm pretty sure I could have a drink tonight. Have a red wine, I wrote a bar for the first time without a snap. Which is why I'm I'm now massive achievement. No, this is big up, Dan. Seriously, I've been smoking that... this. I've been smoking a fake, like a plastic straw, to pretend that I'm smoking something. Uh, big up, Dan. Well, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm that. gonna have a little drink and celebrate tonight. I think. Good man. Have a bit of red wine, mate. Scotty, give us your admission, mate. Um, uh, I'm Scotty Stacks. I'm a geezer, and I bought a ring light to make my skin look nice on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that, that wins it. That takes the biscuit. Yeah, <laughs> well done. Well yeah, done, Scott. That takes the biscuit. Well lads. done, mate. Wait, mate. Why, did, why didn't you use it? Uh, it's got the wrong USB connection, so it backfired. <laughs> <laughs> so he went from looking like he went from looking like Beyonce to looking like Oprah. But anyway, listen, I'm gonna <laughs> We've listen, we'll be back in two weeks, everyone. Um there's loads of episodes to come. Make sure you lot subscribe, please. I don't ask many things, but make sure you subscribe. You'll get notifications as soon as an episode drops. Um, share it as well. Uh, if you're enjoying the episode and you're thinking about helping us out a bit more, Jim will provide the link in our description to give us a tip. It's a support page that helps us 
helps us go in, you know, it might help them get back on the booze. So please don't feel free to tip. In the meantime, keep sending us in your issues you'd like to discuss. Let us know, let us know how you're dealing with lockdown, sorry. And um, any special guests you'd like to us to get on. Take care, everyone. God bless. Wait. I'll see you in two weeks. See you later. Big up TJ. TJ, you've been a, a fantastic guest. Thank Big you. Big up Dan. Go and have a drink, son. Scotty, enjoy the view. We'll see Everyone you in two weeks. As well, yeah? Stay positive. Stay positive. Stay positive. Have a drink. Stay away from the politics. Coming.